0: Right. Good morning, everybody. Let me ask you a question. How many had brain surgery this week? I did. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Not quite brain surgery, but they did put a thing in my head. And so I got to be, all, I get to be all gangster today. And so yo, yo, what's up? So it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I want you to open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 14. While you're turning over there, we got some neat things I want to share with you. It's a great season to be at Momentum Church. Last week we had our Most Central's class and man, that place was packed, it was so good. I know it's happening again tonight, but I just wanna thank all those that are feeling a draw by the Holy Spirit to link arms with what God is doing here at Momentum Church. It truly is a special season and I wanna thank you all for that. Now, I'm gonna try not to get more sappy than I normally am, but when I'm on drugs, you know, what you gonna do, right? And so, um, um, so I love you guys. I'm not going to even talk about it. I'll get choked up. So. But I want to thank you guys just for um, everything. I mean, being able to deal with this stuff and help me. And, and um, you've been an amazing church family. And, and if you're a guest with us, you don't know, I went deaf in this year years ago. And, and last year, unbeknownst to me, the church raised the money for me to have an amazing surgery. And six weeks from now, I'll attach a device to my head and I'll hear. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool. But if I take any more Percocet, I might just equally cuss you guys out. It's, it's weird. It's like, I don't know where, it's like my brain goes, how many's ever had Percocet before? Like, yeah, I have. You like, no, no, no. I know, it's awful. So I stopped taking it on Friday. I'm like, I can't take it no more. I got to talk about Jesus. On March 16th, they said we're having the Seder Meal, and we are, but you need to know this. Sign up, guys. Listen, um, we posted that, announced one announcement, one Facebook post, and over half of our attendees, it's gone already. Those many, That many tickets have sold, and so that's without any, hardly any promotion. And so if you can, by this Wednesday, if you're going to the Seder Meal, we have about 40 slots left. If you're going, please sign up this, by this Wednesday, because the ministry that's helping us host this, Light of Messiah Ministries, they have other churches that want to take part. And so So we're going to be able to offer those tickets out, that way it's a sold out event, but I don't think it's going to have a problem selling out just for us, so just please between now and and then to do that, if you would, and then I told you last week, come back, I have a special announcement, remember that? So here's what the announcement is, now the first part of this announcement, you guys know, guess what's coming up in a few weeks, Easter, yeah, and so we're going to have Easter at Momentum Church um, on, guess what day, Easter Sunday, I don't remember what the date was, But, but on Easter Sunday, we'll be having Easter. That's novel. you got to bear with me, guys, okay? And, um, but here's the thing that's exciting this is the exciting news we have been growing as a church to the point where in our two services now the last couple weeks with vacations and people being sick Amy's still at home not feeling well today in the past couple weeks with all that the attendance has been a little lower but we've had in our two services it so full that we're worried that even in a three service type Easter structure what's going to happen is that middle service is going to get filled up so much and it's not going to be a comfortable environment for your your guests okay and, and we want to show off Jesus, man. We want people to hear the gospel message. And so what we're doing, here's the special announcement. You guys ready for this? We're having four Sunday experiences on Easter Sunday this year. Amen. We've never done that before in the history of our church. And so that's an awesome thing. That gives us those two middle services. Those are the ones that normally a lot of the guests want to come to. Man, we can pack this place out with your family, your friends. Amen? And we'll talk more next week about some of the neat things we're going to do volunteer-wise that day. There'll be, as this is going on upstairs, there'll be a place downstairs for you to go get, if you're volunteering, to get food and snacks and hang out and come up to the services with your family and sit with them. And we're going to just, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And a greater victory has never been won than the victory that's won when somebody comes to faith in Jesus, amen? And so that's the exciting announcement. We're giving you four opportunities to get people in here on Easter Sunday. And so that'll be happening. Now, along with that, on March 12th, we're going to be doing a volunteer rally and work day. Okay, that's from nine thirty to twelve thirty, right here. A volunteer rally and work day. We'll be getting the grounds ready. Plus, if you're serving in any capacity, we're going to have a little pre, couple weeks before Easter party, just to get excited about what's going on and get instructions. But something I'm going to tell you next week. I'm not going to tell you until next week. You don't want to miss that work day. Okay, I'll tell you next week why we're doing some special things on that day. It's going to be a lot of fun for us. So we'll get you into that. The the last thing I have here in regards to kind of announcements um we have a church obviously momentum church we started this campaign in the summer called I am momentum you guys see our shirts right well I want to show you something on the screen that has happened and we're going to fix this everybody say we're going to fix this can tell you tell we're going to get, we're going to bow up we're going to fix this this is a group in Canada no in England same thing I'm teasing all the British people here I kid I kid And and it says, Momentum accidentally adopts U.S. Evangelical Church hashtag, I am Momentum, Momentum MomentumChurch.tv. This is a political movement in Canada, no, in England, (laughs) that has has started using the hashtag I am Momentum. And if you know how hashtags work, whoever gets the most stuff going gets the attention. And so we ain't going to have this. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not leading up, uh uh-uh, not leading up to Easter, no. And so what we want you to do right now is pull out your cell phones, come on everybody. Pull out your cell phones in the house of God and take a picture of yourself in the house of the Lord, all right? And you can even go thug on it if you want to be like, no, don't do that. Just a nice picture of yourself in the house of the Lord. Everybody's being disobedient, all right? Cameras, come on, come on. If you don't do it now, you got to do it here soon, today, and get a picture of yourself and hashtag IAMMomentum on Instagram, on Facebook, on the Twitter stuff, whatever it's called. All that good stuff, okay? I'm gonna give you 10 seconds to get that picture. Nine, eight, seven, six, five. All right. Isn't that cool though? That the, you got enough attention in the world that people were coming after you. So no, no, we're not we're taking that back. That cracks me up. Everybody say this: momentum is coming for you. <laughs> no. <clears throat> All right. And then the final thing, as we get into our talk today, the final thing, I want to talk a little bit about what we talked about last week. We had a lot of people missing last week. And so last week, we gave you all a card when you came in. It looks like this. It says Beyond the Box on it. And what this is, this is a campaign we're doing this year um, as we raise finances for the next phase of this ministry. And last year, at the same time, we didn't think it would be possible for a church our size to be able to come onto a property like this this quick. And you all did it. You raised over $200,000 last year. Absolutely (laughs) phenomenal. Give yourself a round of applause. Amen. And the thing with it, last year um, on that Palm Sunday, we challenged everybody to bring the largest sacrificial offering they could on Palm Sunday because we were trying to prove to the people that own this building, we're serious, you know. And so we were trying to raise as much as we possibly could so they knew that we were a viable group to look to do this lease purchase with. And they did, and we went moved forward. We gave them $150,000 down. But as you know, this time next year, we would like to have this place our own loan on it, everything done. And what our goal is really, is that if we can raise enough, because we're in two services right now, and they're pretty full, really full, very full, some weeks 70% capacity, 75% capacity in the services, because of that, we would like to look at building a 500-seat sanctuary back in this back parking lot, okay? Now, listen, I need to take a little time with this because so many of you weren't here last week because of the holidays, but a 500-seat sanctuary, what that allows us to do is grow, okay, but still stay intimate, you know? Do, do we want a 2,000-seat sanctuary? No, no. We want a 500-seat seat sanctuary. 500-seat sanctuary. It, this property can handle that, okay? It allows this property to, to be a, a good piece of ground to do ministry on. We can reach a ton of people with that. This space here becomes a student center, which Lindsay's going, yeah, all for me yes all for you sweetie all for you and so you know this becomes a student center which is awesome and um and then what it allows if you look at this room this is 250 seats it allows a room to be twice this size still feels intimate doesn't it but a party but intimate that's what we want you know and so as we grow larger than that we're going to send teams out and and ministries out and we'll plant other churches amen and so, but this house, this location, this will be what this looks like. And so, if you're hoping to have a box someday—that's the 3,000 seat box, 5,000 seat box—that's probably not Momentum Church, you know. If you want to reach four or five thousand people in the next thirty years, that's Momentum Church. It's just not going to happen under one roof, and under one preacher, right? Is that cool? So, so I I wish I had more time to talk vision with you guys about that. But we're looking to raise another $250,000. And so um, with that, if you would pray, and by this time on Palm Sunday, rather, Palm Sunday that's coming up, bring the biggest sacrificial gift you can. Now, you may say, I did that last year. And if you did, I understand it. I'm not asking you to do it again. If you can, great. All right? Already last week, people started doing that but if you can, great. But if you're new, man, this place, we stepped out in faith and look what God's doing. It's time you're part of the church. Step out in faith and let's see what God does next. Amen. And so we would love for you to give your biggest gift possible on Palm Sunday and also turn in your beyond the box campaign card. And what that'll do, that'll be a pledge from April through next March as you give monthly toward the building project. And, and, And last week we just talked about the Fishes in the loaves, and boy, I don't know what this looks like, God. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a scared to death. It's not even good English, but God, I just know I'm going to give that bread to you. We're going to just, God, here, can you break, bless it, break it, and use it. And you know what's amazing is at the ends of our hands, God just starts to create a miracle. And so that's what we're doing, just like we did last year. You know, no pressure. This is where we're headed. And you know what's so neat about it? Everybody said, well, you can't do it this way. You've got to spend tons of money and have a company come in and do a capital campaign. And, and I'm just like, really? And give them 15 20% of everything? No. I'm a Jew. I can't do that. I'm serious. I can't. I'm a Jew with a screw now. It's awesome. I can't. I, I, I'm serious. I can't do that. And so, um, and God honored our faithfulness last year, didn't he? And so I just believe he'll honor that faithfulness again. And so in September, let me me hit something real quick. And this is leading us into our teaching today. In September, I'm going to pause real hard so they can record this right. You guys ready? That was a lot of rambling. I'm going to hear this tomorrow night at staff meeting. They're going to be like, man, Ross. Okay, let's go. All right. <laughs> In September 2014, we began to prepare people for what we sensed God was going to do. We didn't know exactly what was on the horizon. We just knew we had to focus on people first. Say people first. We knew that, and so we started to look what it looks like as a church to catch that church plant spirit again after nine years of existence or about eight and a half years of existence. And you all started reaching their lost friends and people, and the church started getting filled up. And we would say, you know what, it doesn't matter if we go to a third service or if we have to, if we have to get a new box. We didn't even know the box, this box, was a gleam in daddy's eye yet. We didn't know that. All we knew was we had to reach people first and we begin to promote that and push that next thing you know within six months we had to go to three services and four months after that we had this building crazy amen and so that was just an impetus from God to keep our focus right so it's not about the box say it's not about the box about people first and now here's what's neat the lord led us to say things like this who cares if we have another service or a new box if we aren't reaching people remember how we would say that i mean we just we hammered on that camped on that forever now what the lord is stirring my heart about this campaign where we're headed is this listen don't miss it don't miss this who cares if we have a bigger box if those who are in the box are empty drop the mic walk off the stage don't miss that. Don't miss it. Who cares if we get a five hundred seat sanctuary if we're not growing and developing and becoming full of the power of the Holy Spirit and learning to walk and move in the things of God? Amen. And so as we go the beyond the box, we kind of wrestle. What's the name of this Holy Spirit series? And we just we're going to call it beyond the box because what the Holy Spirit wants to do is live beyond the box. Our giving and the financial campaign is beyond the box. It's not just about a building. It's like what God's doing in us and through us is what's important. And so God is wanting to fill us, to develop us, to grow us, to empower us. And so this three-week series on the Holy Spirit called Beyond the Box is purposeful that we might become full of what God desires for us and have a hunger for it and a taste for it. Why? Because it's not about the building. It's about what God wants to do in us and through us. Amen? It's what he wants to do in us and through us if we'll let him. And not put God in a box or keep our faith regulated to the four walls of a box, no matter if it's this church you go to or another church. No, God doesn't want us to live in the box. He wants us to live beyond the box, away from the box, outside of the box. Amen? And so what in the world does that mean, Ross? So we're going to discover that in the next few weeks as we go through this. Because the truth of the matter is we will have nothing to offer in that box if we're not full. God forbid we have a full box and empty hearts. A full box and empty lives, devoid of his power, devoid of his presence, devoid of his development in us and growth. God forbid we get excited about a box but have less excitement for what's in the box. How many here you like getting packages? I love stuff, I love getting stuff. And I, I, I'm geeked out about packages. I don't know about you. I love how things, the marketing and all the it's just so cool how things are all packaged. And, 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 and I can get really geeked out about the packaging when I get a, a thing, you know? But there comes a point when the focus goes off the package and you start using the stuff. There comes a point where it's not about the box, it's about the substance. It's about what's in the box. Taking it out of the box and using it beyond the box. And you know what? I think a lot of folks get excited about church. They get excited about the packaging. Man, it's the Holy Spirit that's in the box. Don't come visit it. Oh, look at all the packaging. Look at all. It's so nice. No, it's the Holy Spirit. He wants us to enjoy His presence and His leading and His moving in our life and His voice in our heart. We're going to begin talking and learning a little bit more about that in the next few weeks, you know. But I do get geeked out about packaging. We all do. That's why, as your pastor, it's my job to keep us understanding what the principal thing is, and it's not that box. As nice as a 500 seat sanctuary is, it's not that's not the that's a box. That's all it is. It holds what God wants to do in our lives, and if that has the focus, we've lost it all. God forbid. Amen. Can we stand to our feet? We're going to read together today John chapter 14, verse 8. As we stand to honor God's word, it says this, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. So he's liking himself on the same status as Father, Jesus is, okay? Do you not believe that I'm the Father? He goes on. He says, believe me that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. You've seen what God has been doing in and through me. Trust what God is doing, he's saying. Now, watch, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Really? We we will? That's awesome. Those who believe, I mean, the Bible says signs and wonders will follow those who believe. We get to do the works that Jesus, wow, we get to actually be his body and his hands and his feet in the earth. Man, that's incredible. in you. Let's pray. Father, right now, over the next few minutes, just help us, Lord, to understand your word greater. Put a strain in us that, that we can understand that, that you are awesome, powerful, mighty, beyond anything we can even completely, fully grasp. Yet, you introduce yourself to us in such a way that we can come into a relationship, and we can hear your voice. God, allow us to embrace all that, Jesus, today. In your name I pray. Amen. You can go ahead and have your seat. As you look at this passage of Scripture, we see here a God that has a desire not to be transcendent, but imminent. God has no desire to be exalted. He is exalted, but he has a desire to be in fellowship with those of us who are his lowly creation, if you will. But he has chosen to have fellowship. From the dawn of time, he has sought to have fellowship. And as you look at the story of redemption throughout Scripture, you can see God's presence always trying to draw close to his people, even to the point where there's an Ark of the Covenant. We'll talk about this next week. And this box where the presence of God kind of inhabits for the people of Israel at the time God chooses in a way to say I'll be accessible to you I'll cause myself to come and become imminent with you that you might have a relationship with me that I might be close to you and that is an awesome thing and he still does that through the person of the Holy Spirit all right and the thing with it as you read this scripture it says that God is going to send another helper say another helper Now, if you have a King James Bible, New King James and some other versions, it'll say a comforter, another comforter. Let me stop there first. He makes it really clear. Jesus says that I am like the Father, the Father is like me. There's equality there. Speaking to the Trinity here, there's equality there. But then he says, I'm going to send another comforter. The Greek word is allos parakletos, all right? Allos piracletos. And what a paraclete is, it's somebody that comes alongside as an advocate, a helper. It's somebody that comes alongside. And that English translation, is said as a comforter. You know? You're know, you going through some hard things and you need a paraclete. Somebody to come alongside of you, they bring comfort when their presence draws close to you. How many has been here and you've had some friends that have been a paracletos to you? Yes, yes. Now here's the thing, though. As a paracletas to you, they were a heteros paracletos. Say what? Never in my life. No, what that means is they were a comforter of a different kind. They were a friend, but they're not just like you. They're not equal to you. They're not exactly how you are and who you are, all right? But this in the Greek, it's saying another comforter, an allos parakletos. It's saying a comforter or one of a same kind, one of an equal kind, another of equal kind. And so what Jesus is saying is, I'm going, but I'm sending one that is every bit as much God as I am. Not a feeling, not a stirring not a sensation, but a helper just like me, of the same kind. Amen? And so as we see this passage of Scripture kind of unfold, you see this idea that he's sending this Holy Spirit that's going to come, and he's coming, and I love the word that, that, that we use in the English you know, um, translation, the word comforter, you know? And, and I got thinking about that. A comforter is an awesome thing. If it's not in a box, right? How many have a comforter at home? Yeah, you, let me open this up. So, this—oh, this is awesome. This is a Paracletos. This is this is a comforter. This is a huge mambo jumbo. This is a god-sized blanket. Is what this is right here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> your pastor's are so short. All right, <laughs> And No long arms like This is this is awesome. Oh, how many you just love being at the house and just oh. Is that good? My gosh. <laughs> this right here will make you want to speak in tongues. I, and this is mm, so cozy, so comfortable, wrapped up. I feel comforted. I feel good, you know. that This is like kind of a symbol of the Holy Spirit, you know. The thing is, though, a lot of us, we get saved, and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, and that's where it ends. I'm I'm a believer, and I know the Holy Spirit lives in me, but I don't really know much about him. I don't really know who he is, what he does, how I tap in, how I I reach into the box, if you will, and experience him. You know, and so I just leave him in the box. The problem is, if I don't receive him, if I don't walk with him, if I don't enjoy his presence, if I don't partake. I never get the fullness of the Comforter. I never get the fullness of what the Holy Spirit is and who He is and what He wants to do in our lives. All right? And so over the next couple weeks, we want to look at this idea of living beyond the box. Not being satisfied with the Holy Spirit being something that we relegate way back behind the scenes. But God, we want the Holy Spirit, You to have access to our lives, in us, and through us that You might be seen, that others might be comforted. Amen? And so... Let me give you a a, a word, a theological word. (coughs) It's pneumatology. We'll put this on the screen. Pneumatology. And what this is, it's the study of the third person of the triune God, who's the Holy Spirit, and in the way he has worked throughout creation. Okay. So a lot of us in our Christian faith, in our backgrounds, we have heard and we understand Jesus. We've heard and we understand the Father. But how many comes from a background, be honest, That you didn't hear a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not something that you, you, you experience as much and sometimes. And so the thing about it, though, is, is Jesus important to us at Momentum Church? Yeah. Man, Jesus is important to us, amen? Very important to us. And so if Jesus is important to us, guess what? What is important to Jesus should be important to us, amen? And the last thing that Jesus said to his disciples concerned the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 1, chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, and while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so this is something right before Jesus leaves, he speaks this to his disciples, and he's putting emphasis on the person of the Holy Spirit. Don't leave. The power of God's going to come upon you. Don't, don't, this is an important thing. I, I'm ready to check out, but you need to hear this. And so why are we doing this series? Why are we looking at the Holy Spirit? Number one, it's important to Jesus. That's a good reason to do anything, amen? Number two, there's a growing interest and connection in our culture to spiritual, supernatural, and paranormal things. Isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And here's the problem. There's a danger of embracing the entertainment factor of the supernatural, but miss the reality of the power and presence of God. And all along think that you have your hand on something real, and I'm going to tell you, you might have your hand on something real. It just might be real bad, powerful things. I love. I mean, supernatural things, par- things that happen in this world that are un- under- that blows your mind. That spirituality. I mean, that 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 is a very real realm. And man, the Holy Spirit, when we tap into Him, He keeps us from embracing those things that are out there. So we need to understand those things. And then the third thing that we're reason why we're doing this series, God desires to have his character and his power evident in the earth through his church. He does that through the person of the Holy Spirit. Over the next couple weeks, we'll look at the idea of the gifts of the Spirit and we'll look at the fruit of the Spirit the, the 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 gifts of the spirit. That's the character, or the, the the power of God evident in us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the character of God evident in us. And so we want to understand the Holy Spirit. We need to. He has no desire for who he. Uh, we, I'm sorry. He has no desire for who he is and what. <laughs> come on, Ross. Uh, pills. <laughs> God has no desire <laughs> for who God is and what God can do to be put in a box and closed up. No, no, he wants who he is and what he can do to be evident in the world. And he does that through his body. But his body needs to be spirit-led in order to do that, to represent who he is and what he does in the world. Again, thank you for your patience with me today. And so my hope is that through this series, you'll be able to get to know the Holy Spirit because he is God. And then I'll be able to clarify for you what it means to be a spirit-filled, spirit-led believer, spirit-filled, spirit-led church. What does that look like? You know, in Acts 1, 8, it says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The problem is when it comes on a whole, as American Christians, if we're not careful, we're often underdeveloped when it comes to the things of the Holy Spirit. Underdeveloped. Say underdeveloped when it comes to understanding him and and what he does and how he moves. In Acts 1, that first chapter, Jesus had died and he'd been raised from the dead and he spent 40 days teaching his disciples and over that 40 days, he's teaching them about all things about the kingdom and then literally moments before ascending to go back to the Father, right before that, the parting words that he has is, go away in the city, you will receive power from the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is the last thing that he says, it's extremely important. The parting words of Jesus, and they're still the guiding words for his church 2,000 years later. In other words, Jesus was saying it this way. The ability to fulfill the mission that I'm giving you is directly linked to the Holy Spirit and his empowerment. But Jesus, I'm watching you ascend into heaven. I have never been more amped about you. If you saw Jesus ascend, you'd be amped, wouldn't you? I'm ready to tell everybody about Jesus. And in that moment, no, 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 you go wait. Go wait until the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Wow. Wow but but, but I, I'm excited. No, no, go wait until you get touched by God on this you know until this this the, go wait because I've got something for you. the ability to fulfill the mission is directly linked to that power of the Holy Spirit. you know Barner research will say this that forty nine percent of American Christians today believe the Holy Spirit is a nondescript symbol of God's presence. That's what they that's what a lot of Christians it's just it's just a symbol of the presence of God, you know Kind of like Christian karma, if you will. And this morning, we want to be able to get a better understanding of why the church on a whole is underdeveloped when it comes to the things of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing we're gonna see, number one, is underinformed. On a whole, the church at large is underinformed. And we're the same. We don't give enough emphasis to this at times. And so that's why it's so important for us to teach on this. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, it says, underinformed, it says this. Oh, I'm sorry. Man, I am having a good time. Let's throw up on the screen. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Another translation says, I don't want you to be ignorant, you know, uneducated toward this. I don't want you to be uninformed. God wants us to understand spiritual gifts and spiritual things. In order to do that, you have to bring the whole word to bear upon theological positions that we take. And we are underinformed largely because of the theological traditions that we grew up in. Can I take you on a quick little history lesson? All right. I'm going to put up a block up here. Some of you here today, you're going, okay, I don't want to be a part of a church that misses it theologically. I agree. Totally. Because there are extremes clear over here that are outside of Christian orthodoxy. Okay? And then there's extremes on this side. So, on this side, it's just crazy things of the Spirit that just go nuts, insane. You don't see it in Scripture at all. And you're going, How in the world do they justify that with the Word? And then on this side, God is in a box and He doesn't do anything today, you know, except for save and and, and, and teach us the Word and waits for us to come to heaven with Him, you know? And it pushes the things of the move of God clear away, clear on this side. And no, no, what what we're talking about is Christian orthodoxy. And in that box, nothing that we're talking about is anything that would be outside the box of orthodoxy as far as what we're talking about with the Holy Spirit this week and the next two weeks. Okay, But what happened with Christian church, about 1000 AD, there was something called the Great Schism and the church divided into the Eastern Church and the Western Church. The Eastern Church, it became something that focused very much on pneumatology, on the things of the Spirit, whereas the Western Church, where we get the Roman Catholic Church and we get us down the road, focused more on christ things, okay? And so you can already see that the box is starting to divide the counsel of the whole Word of God. And with that, both groups start to get off because they're not holding the whole council of the Word of God in balance, in check. Okay, and so then another division starts to take place around 1800s, and this division starts to be a group that's called dispensationalists, and it divides up. So you got Eastern and Western. I think they already, we already did that one. The next one is the dispensationalists. The next one, this one. And so with this, it's the idea that God moves certain ways in certain times, but he doesn't do that anymore. He moved this way in this season and 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 along those lines with these people and these people and these people and these people. But I read scriptures that say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I, 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 just, I just read scriptures that, that, that I, I feel in the New Testament that is showing miraculous power as real as in the Old Testament. And I just feel that God has that for us today. Come on. And then that divides another group, divides out of that, okay? And that's the cessationist. And that's a fairly recent undergoing, but now you have cessationism up here. And some of you may have come from cessationist churches, and what the cessationists believe is that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit have seceded from the church. That when the Bible came, and I'll show you here next week or the week after, probably the next week after, when the Bible came, everything, we didn't have any need of of prophecy Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, miracles. When the Bible came, when we had this, all that ended. And so with that, all the gifts of the Spirit have seceded from the church, okay? And so you can just see here what the problem is, at least to me when I see this. The problem is the boxes. God does this, you know? And, And the thing about it is God doesn't like boxes, God has a way of blowing boxes up, you know, and doing what he wants to do all by himself. And so here's what happens in the church. And we've been at fault, Momentum Church, there's been seasons in our ministry where we've been at fault to where we just don't talk too much about the Holy Spirit because we want people in this box to go, you know what, I think that they're comfortable with the things of the Spirit, but I don't think they're, they're, they're crazy, you know. So you just don't talk about it too much, but you talk about enough, you know what I mean, so you don't run either crowd off. I just don't want to run God off. And I think if we let God do what God desires to do in decency and in order, amen, and people's lives are touched and changed, nobody's running nowhere but to Jesus. Because really that's the Holy Spirit's job is to point us to Jesus anyway. And so you can see what has happened, you know, but that's the problem. God doesn't like boxes, you know. A lot of times we look at the Holy Spirit like like you would a crazy uncle that shows up at Thanksgiving. (laughs) And you're like, man, I got my new girlfriend beside me and crazy uncle Bob. If your name's Bob, sorry. Crazy uncle Bob. I hope he doesn't say anything. I hope he doesn't do anything that's going to embarrass us. You know, I know he's going to show up, but if he does, please just sit there and be quiet. Maybe he won't make too big of a scene this year. And you know what? I think sometimes in the house of God, what we need is just God to make a real big, huge scene. God just do something powerful, miraculous, and wonderful, and, and let's just go, oh my word, that was Him, you know? I love it. And so your fear of the unknown and your inability to control what God will do shouldn't keep you in the dark regarding your understanding of the person and workings of the Holy Spirit. But there is a little bit of fear at times. We, we need to understand what the Word says about it. So, just because we're underinformed about him doesn't mean that we should stay that way. If we do, we'll miss out on the fullness that God has for us. And so, the first thing we saw is that we're underinformed, that's why we're underdeveloped. The second thing is we're underdependent. Under-dependent. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5, Paul said, My speech and my message were not plausible words, in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because to me, Paul's a hero of the faith and he's saying here, you know what? I don't have the goods. I can't talk well enough. Thank God the day God's with us, amen, because your pastor's struggling. I can't talk well enough. I can't do this well enough. But you know what? I didn't come here, Paul says, with the excellency of man's wisdom and knowledge. I came here with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, when God shows out, ministry happens. This is one of my favorite things because it's not so much about Paul saying, look at me, I'm such an impressive figure. No, he hides behind the cross and he says, look at God, he's so impressive. And all the book of Acts is, is a book where God keeps showing up. And that's what we need. I mean, think about it. The disciples for three years spends time with Jesus, for three years being taught and instructed. And when Jesus goes to leave, he wants them to have an encounter with the person of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus believed that his own disciples need an encounter with the Holy Spirit to do what they were called to do, who are we to think we need anything less? And so next week we're going to talk a little bit about encounters that we have with the Holy Spirit, all right? But who are we to think that we would need to be less dependent on the Holy Spirit than those who walked and talked and lived with Jesus? So we, as a church on a whole, often we're under-dependent on the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, that's all you have. I'm going to the Father. Go pursue the things of God and let the Holy Spirit touch you and walk with Him. Don't be under-dependent. Lean on Him with everything. I want Momentum to be a church that's marked by our dependence On God marked by our dependence upon the Holy Spirit I want people to look at us and say man they're really not that impressive but their God sure is is that wouldn't be a great mark man they really aren't that impressive but man I felt Jesus man I walked out healed whole saved life changed come on I do hope we'll impress you too but that's not the point we want to do ministry well we want to do ministry with excellence, don't we? Yeah. But if it's the point where Jesus isn't seen through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we're missing it all. And the final reason we're underdeveloped when it comes to the things of the Spirit is we're underinvolved. Underinvolved. We'll finish with this. I'm not getting too much into this this week. We'll get a lot in the next two weeks. But underdevolved, I was at a conference and this conference speaker was speaking and the presence of the Holy Spirit moved into the space. I'm just being honest. It was powerful. It was it was a church planters conference. Nobody's expecting us to go into a prayer meeting, and you could sense the power of the Holy Spirit drawing us to a place of prayer and ministry where He's going to touch us. You could just how He's been in church services like that. You knew God's just about to do something, you know, and you could see that preacher wrestling with it because he really wanted to lead us into it, but you could see the conference leaders off over here, and you could see him getting a little nervous. We got an agenda we got things we've got to do, and we're Baptist. <laughs> hey, I, I'm just joking. <laughs> my, my, mom, my mom and dad, they were Baptists, you know? They were. God touched them when I was young. Man, they started chasing after things of God and the Holy Spirit. Noth, nothing was ever the same. I'll tell you more about that in the next couple weeks, but... But this was a conference where it was. It was predominantly good Baptist folks, you know. Most of the church planters i fellowship with are good Baptist folks. And you could just see the younger generation. We don't care about titles and denominational headings and boxes. We just want God to touch us, you know. And a room full of people are dying to get on their face before God and let the Holy Spirit do a work. And they shut that down and just, just stifled it. And we went on. And you could just sense that they pushed that pendulum So far over. And God was wanting to do something beautiful right here in the sweet spot. And that's all I'm saying. As a church, I promise you as your pastor, I will not let us get into extreme. Been at this 24 years in full-time ministry pretty much. But been in this kind of environment since I was about 9 or 10. We're not going to let it get into extreme. Amen? But on the other side, I'm not going to put them in a box. He's too good. Ah, he got too much for me to stuff him down in here. You know what? You put yourself in your place. You, I'll knock on the door and let you come out when it's time. Holy Spirit, don't, don't you interrupt me. No, uh-uh. I got everything just like I like it right now. Pastor Ross is preaching. Service is almost over. It's a 70-minute service. Glory to God. I like that. Don't you, uh, don't you step out of that box. we're under involved sometimes when it comes to the things of the Holy Spirit 1 Thessalonians my last verse, chapter 1, verse 5-6 through our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction, not just the word, not just teaching, but the power of God, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word with much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit So you have teaching and power. That's what we want, amen? We want the word and the move of his presence. And so we have a choice over the next few weeks and into the year to come. We can either look at this and say, I don't see that in scripture. I'm gonna stay in the box. I feel like it has all passed away. And we downgrade the call of God on our lives. Or we go, you know what? I may not understand it. Help me to learn. And I'm gonna upgrade my theology. Is that good? If God's got this great call, and it looks like from Scripture He does, and I'm inadequate to be able to match that call, then I've got to increase my theology, not downgrade my call, not downgrade the, the, the mission God sent us to do. We've got to upgrade our theology. And so that's what we're going to be trying to do over the next couple of weeks. And I just want to say, if you want to see more of God's presence and power in our lives, then we should be more involved with what He is involved with. And so I want you to go like this with your hands today. Just like that. And just a simple prayer. And you can pray this in your heart. I'm going to pray this out loud. But just, Holy Spirit, this week, help me to be involved with what you're involved with. Stir my heart. Speak to me. Open my eyes, my understanding. Lord God, let, let, let me not walk out a passive existence, but let me be active and passionate about my Christian walk with you and visit and lead and guide, and I will respond to you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.